Hey, what's up? Lightbolt Joe here. Today, we are going to discuss furthering on our jobs conversation. So, we talked about we talked about a bunch of stuff. This is our third episode on on uh, jobs in general. So, I know I keep pushing off standardized patient stories, and we will get there. But I realized that there was other stuff in between, you know, things, and then standardized patient stories. Standardized patient stories start. February 2010. That's when I started at Northwell, which was North Shore Long Island Jewish Medical Center, um, which was attached, is attached to Hofstra's medical school. So that was February 2010. So there was, there's a lot of acting stuff that happened before February 2010. So I was alluding to the fact that Aaron Johnson, who is Aaron Taylor Johnson, but he is getting divorced. So I'm assuming he's reverting back to Aaron Johnson, which was his original name before he married his wife, uh, whose last name was Taylor. So they hyphenated, whatever. Um, they have two beautiful kids together. I wish him the best of luck and he's gorgeous. So he's, he'll be perfectly fine. Now, Aaron Johnson, British kid that he is my age. So that's why I call him a kid, even though we're both 31. So we're not kids, but fuck it. We're kids. Um, I was talking about in the last episode that my brother and I got to be uh, just, you know, high school kids in this film called The Greatest, which came out in 2009. So that means we were filming it in August 2008. I remember that we had to leave the summer camp that we were attending early uh, just for a day to go to this um, college. I think it was like just Brooklyn College. If there is such a place as Brooklyn College, I think that's where we went. So the camp that we were in was in North New Jersey. Our parents came, picked us up. We, like I said, we were both casted as like extras just, you know, to be playing high school students that we were friends with Aaron's character, whose name I don't remember in the movie. And so we, the four of us, mom, dad, me, brother, uh, all go to Brooklyn College. We're on the campus. It was my first time out of college, believe it or not. So... What was that, 2008? No, I take that back. That was not my first time out of college because I did college tours in high school, which was a lot of fun because I just got on a bus with friends and we went to two different colleges and it was counted as a day of school. So I was like, fuck it, I'm not sitting in classes. Let's go tour colleges. I had no interest in going to a college, but I wanted to tour the colleges so I could hang out with my friends for a day and tour the tri-state area. It was great. So let's say this was my third time going to a college. So my third time out of college, Brooklyn College, with my family, my brother and I were getting our wardrobe on. So the scenes we had to film were basically just um, like uh, uh, gym scenes. So we were in school gym uniforms. It was just a gray t-shirt with the school logo, whatever the hell it was. And now, again, we were filming at a college, but it was pretending it was a high school. It happens all the time, whatever. And we had like Navy gym shorts on that were up to our thighs. Um, and we had a blast, you know, running around with the kids and you know, doing teenage boy stuff. And there was this one scene where Aaron had to like, you know, jump over my shoulders to get to our friends in front of us. And they were all going to be talking about the party that they were all going to that night. And the director, I don't know why, but we had to do the scene over 50 times. No joke. Over 50 times. It was a very simple, about 20 teenage boys are coming from the gymnasium back to the locker room. That's it. We had to walk down the hallway. Aaron had to jump over me, interact with his friends. They were cheering that they were going to a party, whatever. 
Why we had to do it 50 times, I could not tell you. Every director is different. Every production is different. I get that. But there was no reason that we had to do that scene over 50 times, which took hours of just walking down a hallway, jogging down a hallway, running down a hallway. So many different versions of going down a hallway. It was absurd. And honestly, I don't even think that scene made it into the film, to be completely honest. Um, the joys of The joys of filming. So... As Aaron is jumping over me. Now remember, years later, he's playing uh, he's playing uh, Kick-Ass, right? And he's then eventually, years later in Godzilla, years later he's in Avengers Age of Ultron as Quicksilver, okay? So he's an Avenger in the future. But in 2008, when we were filming in Brooklyn College, he was just the scrawny 18-year-old, just as I was, and... That's his future was laid out in front of him. And I'm so actually proud of him, despite the fact he has no idea who I am. But uh, man, if I had that career. So Aaron would jump over me, go to his friends. After like, I don't know, the 16th, 17th take, something like that. One of the guys I was like standing next to uh, said, hey, you're bleeding. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm bleeding. And I looked at my shoulder and there, there was a a whole puddle of blood on my shoulder. And I was like, what the fuck? So I checked my shoulder. My skin was fine. You know, it was damp from, you know, warm blood being on me. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? It wasn't like so, so noticeable that I had to, you know, get a new shirt or anything. Like wardrobe wasn't really worried about it. The director didn't obviously care, but like, I was concerned that I had blood on me and I had no idea where the hell it came from. So the next take after, Aaron jumps over me and I watch what he does because I knew we had to do this take a bunch more times because the director just, that's what they wanted to do. And every time Aaron jumped over me, he would like put his hands on my shoulder and he would like kind of like push me over, not really, but like to like get to the other friends in front of us. And every time he would do that, his like hands, his knuckles would like rub up against the wall. Now, this was an old part of this building, old. So it was brick wall and no plaster, no stucco, no nothing. It was just bricks. And I saw his hand rub up against the bricks. And then in between the take, I looked at him and I just looked down and I was like, bro, you're bleeding on me. Like every time you jump over me, like, you're look at your knuckles like they're all bloody and he's like in a british accent which i'm not going to imitate he's like oh i'm sorry mate and we were kind of like just joking around about it and he he just couldn't believe how much blood he was putting on my shoulder unbeknownst to himself and it's funny because everyone like stopped production and we all like the costuming like looked and the director looked and like we, we were all just trying to figure out how the hell he shed so much blood on my shoulder and then that was it. The costumer was like, uh, to the director, hey, how many more takes do you want? Or do you want to just put him in a new t-shirt? And then the director was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Now, thinking now, right, since we just are currently still in a pandemic, despite the fact that Americans are like pretending we're not in a pandemic, I'm like, I I had a stranger's blood on me for quite some time. Quite some time. Not just any stranger's blood, but Aaron Johnson's blood. Aaron, t future Taylor Johnson's blood, who will eventually be kick-ass and who will eventually be Quicksilver. Um, and the director was like, nah, he's fine. And I'm thinking about this now. 
all these years later and I'm like, that is a serious health code problem where you just allowed me to have another actor's blood on my shoulder for quite a long duration hours of running down a hallway in a college that's supposed to be a high school. It was just, it was absolutely hysterical. But Aaron just felt so bad that he like bled on me and he didn't really know what to do. And they, someone eventually gave him band-aids, like medical, I think literally just gave him band-aids to put. And he was very conscious of like, he still like, you know, did the same thing, put his hands on my shoulders to like knock me away. But like, he made sure to like watch himself to not rub up against the brick wall. Um, which I thought was pretty neat, but like, who can say that? Who can say Aaron Johnson, Aaron Taylor Johnson bled on them? Who could say Kick-Ass and Quicksilver bled on them? And everybody was joking about it. Um, yeah, so good times. Good times on that. That's my Aaron Aaron story. Um, the Will Smith story that I mentioned very briefly in the last episode, it's really not that magical, but it's still pretty cool. I mean, you know, I was cast as a hippie in... Men in Black 3. Of course, every scene that I filmed did not make it into the film. C'est la vie. The joys of being, you know, background. Um, so I had I had to go to this uh, costume department in Brooklyn, Queens. I don't remember what. Uh, when was this? Like March 2010, give or take. I feel like the movie came out like July 2010, give or take. And we had to pretend that it was summer. In March and it was freezing so I had like booty shorts on and like this amazing amazing kind of tie-dyed but not really tie-dyed like like a buccaneer shirt right like a the V of the collar drops down to like your sacrum and like it had like this really cool roping on it it was just it was a buccaneer shirt and it was beautiful and breezy and I loved it and I had like you know some kind of sandals on it was it wasn't that magical but like it was an awesome costume i loved it and i had like a fake goatee on it was great so at one point what someone was telling me to go stand in this one spot and i'm like all right i'll stand in this one spot freezing and um uh will smith's like stand-in was like standing next to me and i didn't really notice it at first and then i noticed it and, I, and then will came out and now this is a freezing freezing freeze it was like 30 something degrees out and we were all in summer clothes and like anytime Will would be on set, the sun would come out. I shit you not. And every time he wasn't on set, the clouds would come back. And we were filming on Coney, Coney Island. So after like the sixth time or something like that, he comes back out. His stand-in goes away. And I say, Will, you know, every time you come on set, the sun comes out. So thank you because we're all freezing. Um, and that little blip of heat, you know, helps us. And he laughed and he gave me a fist bump. And I thought that was pretty entertaining because like, He's just the star of Men in Black 3, and, like, I'm just a peon who stands next to him uh, holding a hot dog. It was funny. I did get bronchitis from that shoot. That was not fun, but that's what happens when you're in booty shorts and no form of jackets in the process. And then another scene uh, the day after, it was, like, a few days of shooting, um, they had us stand in the same exact spots where we were the day before on the boardwalk, and I was like, okay, so I do it. And then the director... Not the director, the cinematographer, I think. Uh, the director was Barry Sonnenfeld. I think the cinematographer like had an issue that I was too close to the screen, so he just shoved me in a corner, and then he didn't like that I was in this corner, so he was just like, just, just stand under this tent. And I was like, okay. So I stood under this tent, 
And like there's monitors and stuff and like there's girls watching the monitors and I'm just, you know, trying to stay warm because here I am in just like one of those like metal blankets that they give people like crash victims, right? When like someone crashes their car in the winter and like the EMTs have like those like metal blankets which like insulate, which work a dream. I still got bronchitis from the film shoot, but it still worked like a dream. So I'm just standing, I'm watching, you know the cinematographer like figure out the camera angles and stuff like that and like Barry Sonnenfeld's like running around doing stuff and I'm just I, I talked I'm talking to the girls it's just me and then two other girls probably around my age 20 something and I was like oh you know what brings you guys here today you know are you enjoying this this you know film shoot and the girl was like oh you know my dad's the director um so I'm here you know watching him do his stuff and I was like oh cool and I I didn't really put it together that I was having a full conversation with Barry Seinfeld's daughter, which I thought was pretty entertaining at the time. Um, Cause it was just like, I did what I was told. I was, I was told to stand under this tent um, to get out of the, the way of the camera. And I had a full conversation with these girls for like an hour. We were laughing our asses off. We, we were swapping stories. It was great. The funny part was I'm still shivering in my metal blanket and they are all bundled up in their beautiful winter jackets and stuff but that was the first time i ever got bronchitis it was scary i didn't know what, what it was at first and like i got scared so i had to go get checked out and prescribe stuff and like it was a grand old time grand old time um just other other acting stuff before standardized patient stuff like i was in this film that was like I was needed to play a zombie, but like a costumed zombie because it was like a Halloween party scene. And it was fun because like there's, you know, Halloween decorations everywhere. It was the middle of August when we were doing this and like, I didn't even know when the hell the movie came out or I don't even remember what the name of it was. I was just told to hold a drink, stand in a corner and, you know, don't make eye contact when the main character walks by. I was like, okay, you do so much weird shit when you're an extra and I hate the fact that nothing stemmed from any of that stuff. I have all these memories, all this experience, and according to a lot of agencies, if you have not spoken on film, it's irrelevant for a reel or for your resume. And like, I'm thinking of it in hindsight, not even in hindsight, and I'm like, well, why the fuck did I agree to being a background character here doing extra work here if it doesn't mean anything on a resume or a reel um what the fuck was the point then and i realized obviously money was the point i needed money and the hopes and dreams are only so great until they actually start to pay off and it's unfortunate to say that um but it goes back to our statement of right place right time i will use always use channing tatum as that example right place right time he was walking down the streets of Miami and an agent did a double take on the sidewalk and asked if he wanted to model. Channing Tatum, good old Channing Tatum. So that's a, that's two primary acting stories of mine, which I take dear to heart. Um, there's some musical stories here and there, but we don't really have to talk about musical stories. Uh, just because like the aftermath of the show's closing and like the friends that you've had for so, so long just become so toxic. I don't honestly want to relive those. So I think the next 
the next bunch of stories, we will actually go into standardized patient stories and what that actually means and what it curtails and the time I scared a nurse half to death and made her cry. It was it was delightful. Absolutely delightful. Acting is such a joy. And to that, on to next time. Mucho mahalo. Stay well. Be well. You've got this. We can do this. Take care. Bye.